You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Crump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud today. Eli over the top for Hickson. Oh, he juggled and caught it. Touchdown. What a play. Welcome to season two of Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the football grump. With me as always is Mike, the Cranky Fan. Hello, Mr. Grump. How do you feel on this pre-combine week? This is, you know, kind of like nerd celebration if you're really into numbers and <laughs> watching people exercise. Right up our alley then. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, we're going to dive right into it. So this is our first off-season episode where we're going to be looking at free agents and draft picks at each position group. And we're going to start with the big one, the one that's probably the most talked about, probably the most talked about, and that's uh, the quarterbacks, quarterback position. So as we go through the other positions, just be sure to download and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud, and you can follow the show on Twitter, um, at JustGiantsPod. And where do we find you on Twitter, Grump? Oh, me. Yeah, I talk about this shit nonstop. <laughs> yeah, you're pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, football underscore grump. Um, and, uh, yeah, I will I will interact with you, beef, beef up your whole feed with tons of info that I notice on film. I've been saving a lot of it for the episode, but I'll, I'll supplement this episode with a lot of stuff that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And you can find me, as always, at... The Crunky Fan, where we discuss all things Giants and Gators and Rays. Oh, my. It's a lot of pain and agony, but we'll get through this all together. So, yeah. Well, we're sticking to good news for this. It's the offseason. Everything looks up in the offseason. We haven't lost yet. Yeah. We are the <laughs> same. <laughs> well, the Eagles won the Super Bowl. All right. Moving on. So oh, the- just, a quick little side, just a quick little side note before we start. I happened to be in Wretched City this past weekend, Philadelphia, and – the obnoxious level is at about a 13, you know, just, uh, you know, congratulations. You won one NFL title in 53 years. You know, I, I don't want to get too far into this, but you know, we always complain that the beginning of every year is a Sunday night game between the giants and Cowboys. It, I will not be surprised if it's giants Eagles first game of the season, the Thursday night game. Yeah. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Would you? That's very interesting. I know they do like to – it's not a hard, fast rule, but they do like to get division matchups in the first and last weekend of the year. Exactly. Uh, and you know something? That's uh, that's ratings gold. But you know the thing is would they want to waste an NFC East matchup in a game that's already going to have a monster rating anyway. So that, that might be – I would be a little surprised if they did that. And also – they may want to try to make it inner, you know, inner conference or something. But uh, hey, I'd rather get it over with early, especially you know, with that a win. Game. That would be nice. Exactly. I mean, we won't be going. We won't be playing there, you know, with potentially three days rest. We won't be playing there banged up or anything. So oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, I won't be there. That's for sure. Oh God, no. If right. any of you guys have a nice luxury box or club seats for us, yeah. we won't yeah. be there. Or, or sponsors riot police sponsors welcomed um so the quarterback position um this i mean this normally would be a boring topic but the projected starter is eli manning uh it's been said that he's starting to start the season let um, me ask you a question grump i'm sorry sorry to butt, butt no, in that's, right that's away pretty much but... all i had <laughs> do you think that statement that he is our starting quarterback in 2018 is a bit of a smokescreen 
so that they're like, you know, there might be stuff going on with the draft. There may be stuff going on with trades. Or there might even, you know, less likely stuff going on free agency. But do you think that that's 100% in the books that on, you know, opening night 2018, Eli Manning is the starter? Well, I don't think anything or, is 100%. Or on the roster. I, I don't think anything yeah. is 100% at this point. It's too early. I mean, if, if they get like some tempting trade off or some, you know, whatever, they're open to whatever is going to make this team better. And they know that Eli Manning is not the future. He is the present, though. And I think when it was said, it was 100% accurate and what their plan is. I don't think it's a smokescreen, though. Okay. Just uh, want to throw it out there and have, you know, look at all sides in this thing. We can kind of throw that out the window. They, they were adamant as soon as this new regime started, that Eli is the man. Yeah. I was thinking even in terms of smokescreen more for the draft. I mean, yeah. they're not going to draft a quarterback at number two or if they trade down to five or seven or wherever, and that quarterback is going to start on day one and Eli is going to be carrying a clipboard. I was thinking the smokescreen as much as to take people off the scent that they may or may not be drafting a quarterback. Yeah, that, that's or very trading possible. To, yeah. But again, I think they're going to be open to everything. We'll get we'll get to the draft later on. But the, I think with the number two pick, it's it's high value real estate. They could trade down, mm-hmm. get a second round pick, and perhaps get a quarterback. Then they could get a quarterback at number seven or five or six. You know, all tradable assets. I think they're fully open to doing whatever at this point. They're good to go in all directions. Um. So so under contract, Eli Manning uh, until twenty twenty. He's a projected starter. Davis Webb last year's draft pick. Uh, in the third round, he's only 23. Um, he's under contract till 2021. I think he's very much a part of the roster. Whether he's a part of the future, maybe, maybe not. We Nobody knows. No one's going to tell you, yes, he is, no, he's not, because yeah. no one's seen him play. I would say on February 27th, and we're recording this at 10.03 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, he is a part of the future. Yeah. Now, what happens in the next three weeks with free agency in the next, you know, month and a half with the draft is anybody's guess. But as of right now, he is definitely looked at as he is a guy we're grooming for the future, unless circumstances change and there's different personnel on the roster. Yeah. And, and just because you draft another guy does not mean that he's totally out of the equation. This, that's a camp battle. And they are, they are not drafting a quarterback because they feel Davis Webb cannot be the guy. It's just, the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, and at worst, you have a tradable asset once you've acquired a quarterback. I mean, the Seahawks spent the farm on Matt Flynn before Russell Wilson came out of nowhere to just take the team before it even was day one. They did mm-hmm. not expect Russell Wilson to do that, or else they wouldn't have spent the money on Matt Flynn. Of course. It's, I mean, just, the... a, it's just a battle. Right. Um. So are there any free agents on the market that the Giants would consider? I mean, you know, there's a lot of unlikely guys that are free agents. I mean, they're not going to be in the Kirk Cousins sweepstakes. Uh, A.J. McCarron is not, you know, starter quality. Um, the interesting guys to me are the, you know, any of the combination of the um, of the Vikings quarterbacks because, you know, they have, a, they have a situation where all three of their quarterbacks are free agents right now. And, you know, Case Keenum, you know, had an amazing opportunity – but do you really think he's a franchise quarterback? Hell no. Uh, hell no. And then Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford are about as brittle as, you know, brittle I can don't be. think that's fair, that Teddy Bridgewater is brittle. Well, I mean, he's, he's – all right, there's brittle's, injury. A, brittle, yeah. brittle's a bad word, but he had a major, major injury, and we have no idea the result of it. So let me let me change my – Sam Bradford is brittle. Yes. 
Teddy Bridgewater, you're right. That is not fair to say he is brittle, but that injury is, you know, it's a massive would scare question. me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Personally, me personally as a GM, I'm too scared to make that move. I have enough with Eli Manning this year, and I have time to figure it out. Another team, sure, take a run at him. Yeah. Know. Well, let's, let's start from the, the beginning. Is do the Vikings feel comfortable if they think that Case Keenum's the guy? You know, not bringing Bridgewater back for insurance. Maybe you know. I, I think two of those three quarterbacks will be back. I think Bradford's the odd man out. Yeah. And he's the one. As much as we're kind of debating, is Case Keenum a, you know, a franchise quarterback or a one-hit wonder? I think we both would rather have him than Sam Bradford, based yeah. on the injury concern alone. Yeah. I think the Vikings would be foolish to give up on Teddy Bridgewater. I don't mm-hmm. think they'll have to spend a lot of money to keep him. He knows their offense. They have time. Case Keenum can carry them for now. Just they they know his injury probably better than he does. You know, I mean, they, I'm sh- assuming that he is in the team facility and doing things. You know, and, and then everybody else that's really available to me are purely backups that will never. You know, if Drew Brees is available, I would take it. <laughs> I would make a run at him, yeah. <laughs> but he's not going to be. I mean, guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, yeah. Josh McCowan, uh, you know. I'm sure there's a Mark Mark Sanchez is out there still. Yes, yes. Now, now you're just now you're getting into significant backup territory. And again, we're okay. With I'd rather I'd rather have Davis Webb be in that position right now. Then there's yeah. no reason, and he's on a rookie deal, pretty inexpensive. Why waste our time with you know bringing someone in? All right, so I broke down the top guys. I don't think there's a chance that the Giants are going to take anyone outside of the Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen group. They've already got Davis Webb as a mid-round pick guy. I don't think Mason Rudolph or Luke Falk or the guy from Northwestern, I forget his name. I I don't think that those mid-round guys, they're not going to waste a draft pick on them, I don't think. There's too many holes on this roster. Grump, let me ask you a quick question uh, as you get into this. What do we think about Cleveland at one? Do we – are we – Thinking they are going to draft a quarterback, even though they just went quarterback last year, and you know, in a very unfair position, threw them out to the wolves. Are they over the Kaiser experiment? Are they going to, they going to dip into the quarterback? Or you think they're a, a trade down potential? Where, where do you see Cleveland? Because that might help a little bit in our decision making. I think Cleveland is in a trade down position, but they are free to do whatever they want because they're one and four. That's true. So they can take Saquon Barkley and then get whatever quarterback we don't take or whatever, or they can just be like, who wants the who wants free reign at number one? And they could take the farm for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are at liberty to do whatever they want because they've acquired two top five draft picks, which is crazy. So yeah, the, so is Owen sixteen, yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, the 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 book is open for them. They can do whatever. So the Giants are a little bit at mercy of what Cleveland does. Uh, but the, I think the Giants are going to be players for their draft pick too. There's a, there's a very likely scenario that the, the Giants trade back to like five, six, or seven and acquire picks. And I'll, I'll tell you why. This is a perfect segue. I don't love any of these quarterbacks. I don't. Um, there is not an Andrew Luck or a Jameis Winston in this in this group. There's not... Anybody who says that there's a can't miss draft pick quarterback in this class is lying to you, there or is, is an agent. <laughs> yeah, there, there are significant problems, and I also suspect that 
you know, some media types hype up certain draft picks to get something to talk about. Uh, I there there are significant problems with all of these guys. However, in my opinion, it's it's a no question that Josh Rosen is the number one among them. Uh, Tell us why, Grump. Well, I'm, he, I'm all ears. <laughs> he's the most ready of them. He's the most ready. If if a team needed a guy to start week one, he could he could do it and not be a complete disaster. He would be fine. Uh, he is the most mechanically sound. He has good size too. I mean, there's no size height issues, no weight issues. Um, he he can move pretty well. Uh, his his footwork is outstanding. Um, some of the best I've seen. Uh, oh, and by the way, his accuracy is. Uh, fantastic i mean he can he can throw into tight windows and at any level uh you know the short intermediate and deep ball but what i i haven't seen anyone else say this he doesn't when coverage is is tight and he's kind of like under pressure he doesn't make the throw that gives his receiver a chance to make the catch too often i saw plays where he threw the ball and you know he he made the right decision but he threw it like at the ground and it's just it's not a throwaway. He's just not giving his receiver a real chance. Um, he does that a coachable. Is that a coachable correction or is that just him? It's. I think it's definitely a coachable correction. Um, he also. It's a little bit difficult to watch what he can do because so often he was running for his life and playing down twenty points at UCLA. Um, yeah, here's something that's that's really good is that he took a lot of snaps under center. He run a pro style offense. Um, too often, I I just didn't see him picking up his team and marching them down the field for wins. I mean, he, and I'm not questioning his leadership. I I think the character concerns with him are completely overblown. Maybe because he came from money, he'll have some trouble connecting with players. But I mean, didn't Eli yeah. Manning come? Eli from Manning the, came from he, some money too. Exactly. Yeah. So I I don't have any problems with that i think he's a competitor i think he wants to win he has injury concerns right i mean he's already suffered a couple concussions or a concussion and a shoulder injury um that's definitely something to take into account you know with a number two pick well i guess let me ask you the question is which of the quarterbacks if you watched a lot of film and all these guys which quarterback comes from a system a think is the best adaptable to what pat Shermer's offense would be in an ideal situation well, to be honest with you, that's something the Giants did really well. Uh, you know, we talked about how Pat Shermer has molded his offenses to the guys that he had available to him, and we talked the same thing about Mike Shula uh, has been known for molding offenses to the quarterback. So I think they're at liberty to do that. I think with the- I get that. I I get that, but like in a perfect scenario, what is what would be of these top five quarterbacks? Which one do you think is like would be the the perfect fit? I think it's going to be Sam Darnold. He he's extremely comfortable when the when the in the pocket when the pressure's on. Um, he can run by design if needed to. The way he moves in the pocket when it's breaking down, he lo- he reminds me of Tony Romo. And I mean, too often Giants fans have seen this where the pocket's collapsing. the The first guy to get there doesn't get the sack, and then you know he's just sort of running in circles. And in all that time, somebody gets wide open deep down the field. Maybe it's Jason Witten or something, and he throws a bullet and. Sam Darnold did that at USC. I mean, that team also sucks. Um, 
I think he's got a good arm. He throws fastballs into tight windows. He can throw touch passes up high or drop one in the bucket. Uh, I think his biggest problem is he has accuracy issues, especially downfield. He tends to overshoot guys. And I was disappointed to hear that he won't throw at the combine. I know that he should be throwing at his pro day to guys he knows, but he's a guy who really should be showing people that he he has good accuracy. It's a really interesting calculated gamble that these agents, and really this is driven by the agents as much as anything, who throws, who doesn't throw, who doesn't run the 40 in the combine. You know, Unless they know something we don't know, they're not going to do it. I, I don't understand it, but, you know, again, I'm not an agent, so. Yeah. Darnold's other big issue is he made some awful decisions last season. Uh, his interceptions are way up. He's trying to do too much. Um, but do you find that in the college game that happens a lot, especially guys that kind of create something out of nothing? I think I mean, that that's a coachable thing. Decisions are definitely coachable, I think. Um his mm-hmm. accuracy maybe is is the bigger issue for me. Um, what gets the headlines are his terrible decisions because his interceptions and fumble numbers are way too high. Um, but I think he moves well in the pocket. I think he does a really good job with his eyes. He pump fakes really well, uh, and I think that he would fit into Shermer's system perfectly because they ran sort of this like West Coast slash pro offense um, with a maybe a little bit of run pass option, but not much. But he's you know, he's a big-time leader. Um, he's quiet, competitive, and uh, he had an excellent performance against the Texans late to uh, – the Texans uh, – against the uh, Longhorns mm. to come from behind for a win. Uh, let's let's have a little game, and we'll start it with this episode, and we'll continue it between now and the draft. We can call it, if football grump was the GM, who would he draft? Of Elv – we can make this a two-part question. Of the five quarterbacks you spotlighted, and would you take one with the number two pick in the draft? I would. I mean, I would I would be tempted to listen to trade offers because I think this team has enough problems. And like I said, I don't love any of these guys. Um, I would be okay taking Josh Rosen or Sam Darnold. I think Darnold is someone that I feel a little bit more comfortable with because he has no big injury issues and I think that his problems can all be solved with some good coaching. Rosen I but I mean I'd be perfectly fine taking Rosen also. Okay. So you wouldn't have a problem taking any of those two guys with the number two pick or even if we traded down to let's say four. My second question would be, I guess, would you go quarterback with number two right now? Would you if you were the GM? I would not. I would trade down. Uh, I don't. I don't think there's anyone else worth taking it to besides a quarterback. I don't, and we'll get into these guys. But like Barkley, to me, that's fool's gold. There's there's plenty of great running back talent in this draft that you don't need to blow a second round pick, uh, second overall pick. But you know, the only other guy that I could see, and this is still a reach, but Quentin Nelson is a monster. Um, mm-hmm. And if we trade it down, I would hope that he's still on the board for me to take. I'd be that would be. The ideal scenario would for for me to be trade down and get a blue chip guy at at guard. One thing that we're going to try to do on this show going forward is kind of cut through hype. Oh yeah, especially especially we live in an area where it's not as not as much knowledge with college football and individual players that other parts of the country might. So 
Well, well that- shit, man. I mean, this, this segues perfectly. Like, I came into this thinking it's going to be Josh Rosen for me, and then maybe Baker Mayfield, and Sam Darnold has too many bad decisions. Lamar Jackson's going to take a while to develop. Josh Allen's a disaster. My my after watching enough film, I completely changed my mind. Uh, Baker Mayfield, of all the quarterbacks I watch, is the only one who had a real talented roster around him. I mean, and it, I I don't want to take anything away from him, but you know, playing with a lead helps so much. Having guys to throw to who can catch, having an a yeah. an NFL you know offensive line, it's it's so so much less that he had to do, and. To be honest, he has a lot of trouble when he's forced to stay in the pocket. He's, yeah, I mean, he's short. He, you're getting to what I was going to say is that the Oklahoma offense has been gimmicky for the last 15 years. I mean, people go back and remember what Sam Bradford was, that Oklahoma team, when he won the, the Heisman Trophy and played Florida in the national title. All that offense was was line up as fast as possible, hike the ball. So, you know, a, a good percentage of their success was – Defense wasn't get the, able to get the right personnel on the field. Defense wasn't lined up properly. Defense hadn't caught their breath. So, I mean, for the longest time, Oklahoma has had some variation on a gimmick on offense. And I think Oklahoma was definitely the most gimmicky of, of all of these offenses. And we haven't really seen a quarterback from a quote-unquote gimmicky offense be super successful in the NFL. At some point, he's figured out. Yeah. And the, the athletes are too talented on defense in the NFL, defensive coordinators spend 500 hours a week breaking down film and figuring out weaknesses and everything. So that's the one little thing I have about Baker Mayfield. You know, maturity, yeah. people mature. I mean, that's people are dicks all around. But to me, it's just like how much of his success and what you see is based upon quirkiness in a system as opposed to true talent. I, and I agree with you. That Georgia game, they did a really good job of forcing him to stay in the pocket, and he looked uncomfortable. He was uncomfortable. He had trouble seeing downfield because he is short. He's only six feet. Um, I mean, you can you can survive on that. Russell Wilson is six feet, but Russell Wilson is in an offense that gets him to move outside of the pocket, and also he's just another kind of guy. He's just a different human being. Uh, you know, Baker Mayfield also has average arm strength. There were some times where he had receivers open deep and he couldn't reach them. Um, Remember this, that he was a three-star walk-on recruit, not even in Oklahoma. You know, there is not, there is a definitely a cor- correlation between what your star ranking was out of high school to your potential to have success in college and in the NFL. So and a lot of that's based purely on your size arm strength, yeah, things you see basically in a combine. So yeah. a lot of these guys, if you look, you know, the correlation between what a five-star quarterback is and how they did in the NFL in college and a guy that was a three-star, you know, you're seeing he has to work harder and have to have that certain it that is hard to quantify and it's harder to take a gamble on. I, he, and that's, that's perfect for Baker because he's another one who had like character concerns that I think are completely overblown. And in fact, I think that his character is sort of that one of the guy's leadership where he gets guys amped. I like his swagger and moxie and I don't think it's a problem for a team. I think it's actually something that lifts up his teammates. Um, you know, does he maybe need to tone it down sometimes? You know, whatever, maybe he'll learn as he goes, but he's not. Oh, don't worry. He, he will be, he, he, once he gets to an NFL camp, that shit will calm down pretty quickly. But I mean, in a playoff run or you know, in a week seventeen win and you're in kind of situation, I like him. 
I lo- if, his character. I'm I'm cool with it. Uh, it's not a concern for me either. Yeah. Lamar Jackson, on the other hand, uh, I think anybody saying that he has to convert to wide receiver is an idiot. They clearly <sighs> did not see a huge leap in his uh, in his play style from 2016 to 2017. First of all, that goes back to the Tim Tebow argument back in 2009 where tight end he, he should be a fullback. He should be a tight end when he's never – laid a block on anybody in his life. You're asking somebody who's never done a particular skill in their entire life to go to the, 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 the best players on the planet. And you're asking him to block, you know, defensive linemen, blitzing linebackers, you name it. You are what you are. There are anecdotal evidence of some guys who switch from quarterback to wide receiver, for example, Few and far between, and their quarterback skills in the beginning were pretty shady. They were just athletes running some sort of spread system in college. Um, of the five quarterbacks and the two of us, I think I'm the only person who has seen any of these guys play live. I saw Lamar Jackson play um, at NC State this year on a Thursday night game, and I, I had pretty decent seats. I saw a guy where, you know, not physically the most imposing guy, a guy who can make plays, a guy who's fast. A guy who can throw the ball on a rope. You know, people were crazy. And one of the biggest mistakes of last draft was Deshaun Watson falling as far as he did. And I think if this guy falls, it could be the same mistake that it, that some teams may make. I don't think he's ready to start day one. But I also don't think that no quarterback is ready to start in day one coming into the league. So if he gets drafted in the right situation – where you know they may be a stopgap quarterback, I think it can be a fantastic place for him, and he can be very successful in this league. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more with you. Um, he's definitely not going to be a day one guy because he's only really started to develop quarterback uh, traits this last year. I mean, he was, and and even still, I mean, Louisville sucks. He was really the <laughs> amount of drops on that team when I was watching film was frustrating for me to watch. Um, but I mean, this guy has a cannon on his arm. Um, yeah, he makes good decisions even when the pocket is falling apart. I mean, we could talk all but all day about his electric speed, his ability to, you know, do the run pass option, and you know, just I just saw him run. get away from I saw him get away from Chubb, the defensive end for NC State. And we're talking a guy that's probably going to be drafted in the in top, the top five. five. Yeah, and I saw him; he was a full born rush, and I saw him just evade him like nothing, and it was like, ooh. That's a that's a highlight that I wonder it's going to be shown over and over again when we get to combine season. So, um, I think the problem with Lamar Jackson is it's just been it's it's too late. It's not too late for him, but he started to develop his pocket passing too late, and it's going to take him at least a full year to really get going. If 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 a team gives a shit about his development and his future with that team they'll give him at least one year of just sitting on the bench and getting his mechanics down because he has a lot of trouble getting his footwork right before he throws when he's moving around in the pocket um when he when he is fine and he's just in the pocket his footwork is fine but when he's running around and then he tries to like set and go his footwork's a mess and his his passes all start to sail and you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely again. correctable. It's absolutely correctable. Yeah. I just for the Giants, maybe because you're going to give him a year anyway. Uh, 
He wouldn't be my choice, but he wouldn't be a bad choice either. I, I mean, I just wouldn't take him with two. No. Just, just I not. I could see him as somebody if they traded down from two to six or two to wherever. Yeah. And then picking up a quality whoever to – or I'm sorry, whatever, in return for the trade and – yeah. Yeah, he's, he's going to take a little while to develop, but when he does, he can be uh, – I mean, I think it's obvious he reminds everyone of Michael Vick, right? Michael Vick, I think, had a little better arm. I think he was a little better athlete. Yeah. He's a little, wasn't as slight in the body as Lamar Jackson, too. Like, I think – He's only 205. Yeah, he's pretty thin. Yeah, people weren't as concerned about Michael Vick's longevity, you know, or just uh, as they might be with Lamar. Um, but, yeah. So I when I watched Josh Allen, I went into this getting ready because I've seen all the clips like, you know, the the mashups of him being terrible and overblown uh, in the in the senior bowl practices. He there's like that clip of him not being able to get the ball into the little whatever the pouch. I don't know, whatever. So I went into this just getting ready for it. And I was pretty surprised with what Josh Allen is able to do. I, I don't think people are crazy for saying that he's the legit NFL quarterback. He's going to take another year. Um, but I I mean, I'm not even going to talk about the fact that he has ideal size. I, I don't care about that because people can work around that. Um, Lamar Jackson, 6'3", 205. That's really, really thin. Um, mm-hmm. But I like a lot of what Josh Allen does. I mean, he has, he has some decent footwork. It needs a little cleaning up, but no big deal. He keeps his eyes downfield. Um he does tend to make a couple bad decisions or throw a little wildly, but when he moves around in the pocket, he really does look like Ben Roethlisberger and keeping plays alive. He just literally throws guys off of him. Um, yeah. And it's like one of the most infuriating things with playing the Steelers is you get home, but you still can't bring them down. Yeah. Um, that's very aggravating. Yeah. And I think that, his running ability is good for a design runner. Probably not run pass option. When I say he makes bad decisions, it was often in the run pass option. And whether he decided to hand the ball off or keep it, it was well, usually a bad decision. Well, let's go back because we're in this the Giants show. You know, what's the expectation of how much our um, run pass option we're actually going to do? Like I said, I mean, it, it, if if he were really good at that, they would build an offense for that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, my question is: Is Gettleman looking to draft a quarterback where, you know, RPO? That's the, you know the top of my list of qualifications. No, not at all. Or is but... it something like if this guy brings this along in his tool chest, we will use it? So, having the ability to to have a successful run pass options, nice to have, but I don't think it's one of those main criteria we're looking for. No, no, but but Gettleman is very much on the run game, and Cam Newton was RPO. Mm-hmm. And he was able to get a lot out of that. I, again, like you said, it's not on the checklist of things they need. Um, did did Gettleman draft Cam? No. Um, he was drafted the year before, I think. Yeah, but that was also you said earlier in the show that there's no can't misses or you know no yeah. brainers. There are not. Much as I hate the prick, that's a no brainer. Yes, <laughs> might be one of the most biggest non non brainers of the last. No, ten years. Literally a no-brainer and a no-brainer <laughs> pick. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of his issues are going to be his accuracy, and uh, I think that they're a little bit overblown because 
at this time, the good and the bad are overblown, right? Um, he had trouble lifting his team against quality opponents, but I also think for the first half against Iowa, he was fine. It was when he was trying to do everything himself that he started to throw interceptions. I think that he's at least a year off, maybe two. But let me say this, and I'm sure that people will not like this, but if the Giants were to trade back and he were still there in the second round, fuck it, take him. Why not? Sure. Because you're probably getting a second round pick anyway for trading back. So it's not like yep. you're losing anything. Um, and I really do think that they have the time to develop him if they want to. And I think that he can be. He needs the right situation. He will not be able to go in day one. If he goes in day one, his whole career is up in flames. Yeah, that's not. And But fortunately, we're not in that situation unless exactly. Eli unless Eli gets hurt in the preseasons out for the year. Um, let me ask you something, Grump, before we, we blow out of here. You know, and this might be a theme to think about. For the rest of these these preview shows, what do you think is a reasonable uh, bounty for that number two pick? What would you What would your expectation be if some team comes up to you and says we're looking to trade up to number two? There's a chart, and it's going to depend on which team is asking. And much as the chart is just a guideline, it is referenced whenever trades come up. Um, you can sweeten the pot with players, but it's a point system and this pick is worth this many points and these are my tradable assets to get to that points system. Um, okay. uh, I, I mean, I don't know how accurate this shit is or you know whatever, but I saw that the, the fan speak draft simulator that a lot of um, beat writers are using just to make mock drafts and play out scenarios and stuff. Uh, if you pay for it, you can get the trade simulator also. And it was something like for Tampa Bay, they got like a second and third and fifth or something like that. It was, it was a decent bounty, but again, that's not realistic because before they give up all their draft picks for one year, they're going to give away some 2019 ones or something like that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's, it's based on a, on a chart and, uh, you know, maybe I'll tweet out the chart just, you know. So everyone can and, reference it, but it it is definitely referenced when um, when trade offers are made. Last question on this train. So this is again, this is your opinion. This is GM Grump. Christ. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, uh, <laughs> would you rather trade if you're making a trade down? Would you rather go for like a still have that high value first round pick as opposed to multiple seconds and multiple thirds over multiple years? Yeah, personally, yeah. I, I know that this is a rebuilding thing and it's going to take more than one year, but it, it it's very interesting to me the, acquiring picks for future drafts because you just don't know how it's going to play out. You don't know who's going to declare, who's going to get hurt. It's just you do all this work all year to scout these guys and you like some of them. And, you know, if if you look at your big board and you see guys that really can help you out, it's hard for me personally to acquire picks – for a different year. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I don't really know. It's just a difficult question. You know, I like, like last year, Mike McGlinchey, the left tackle for Notre Dame was in the mix for one of those top guys at left tackle. And then he decided to go back to Notre Dame pretty late. Uh, it, it's just so hard. You know, I don't know how people make those decisions personally. You do all this work at scouting. If there's guys that you really think can help, you think it's a good draft. And I think this is a good draft. Um, 
I'd rather have the picks for this year. Gotcha. What are we talking about next week, Grump? Next week, we're going to do offensive line. It's going to be important for us. I mean, we're going to have a seismic shift in what our offensive line is built up. We know. Yeah, the the offensive line is going to be a big one, and there's definitely going to be somebody taken in this draft um, somewhere along the offensive line because there's a lot of holes. So we're going to go over all that next week. It's going to be it's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot to talk about, so it'll be fun. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm going to go over more of the finer points on Twitter at uh, football underscore grump. Um, Feel free to you know lambast me for my review of film. I I take criticism very well. I'm not gonna argue with you, tell you that you're wrong and I'm right because who knows? Um, I'm just gonna tell you what I saw on film. And I will tell you that I am wrong and I am right and you are wrong <laughs> on Twitter at the Cranky Fan because I don't take criticism well at all and I you know think I'm smarter than most people. So and I've also had it with all my shitty teams right now. <laughs> <laughs> And all these episodes are going to be at Just Giants Pod on Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud. Please leave us a good review. We do try very hard. Yes, and we uh, we apologize for the lateness for getting it out this week. Um, crazy work and travel schedule. So um, thanks for sticking with us and uh, keep subscribing. Keep giving those five star ratings and reviews so we can get more Giant fans to listen and interact with us. So get this as we turn this around from being a shitty team to a playoff contender. Can't wait for next year. Let's go Giants. Go Giants.